police in the morning. After exposure to a strange glowing ooze, four mutant turtles train as ninjas in the sewers and fight crime wherever they find it. I'm Corey. And I'm Paul. And we are the B-Movie Bros. Here we review B-Movies to the best of our ability. Sometimes we get off topic, but randomness is a gift. Well, here we are in the final week of March, where, of course, this year, we're asking the question, maybe a reptile can help. And I think this week we finally figured it out. You heard the Netflix description for Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, the original movie from 1990. So let's just cut right to the chase, talk about technical difficulties, top and bottom three. Alright, let's start with the top first. You want to go first? Sure, and, and if this sounds a little strange, friends, Paul and I are doing this a little differently because I'm actually on the phone this week and it's like really fucking with my brain and I just can't get things right. The coronavirus but, uh, affects everything, even the podcast. So, yeah, we'll go with the top first. Go ahead and get us started, Paul. Alright, number three. I actually really like the turtle costumes. They look pretty cool, especially considering the time period. The mouths actually moved to match the words, and they looked like what I imagined Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles would look like in a live-action setting. And they, surprisingly, as the movies go on and you get to the second and third one, one, the costumes get significantly worse, so it just makes these ones look even better. And then you get to the TV show from the 90s, the live-action show, and you can actually see the slits cut out of the costumes for their eyeballs. I vowed never to talk about that series again. The next generation. Still have nightmares. Alright, number two. Milo, the girl turtle. Alright, number two. There's tons of 90s, 80s nostalgia in this movie. From... The old, from old Whopper containers to the crazy lingo, it's truly a blast, a blast from the past, and it's, there's so much great nostalgic moments, it's truly amazing. And number one, so I'm going to be honest, I'm a huge Ninja Turtles fan, always have been since as far back as I can remember. Some of my first memories are playing with Ninja Tur Turtle action figures and watching the cartoon, so it's impossible to, like, divorce this movie from that from that from those happy memories uh, overall just this movie as a whole for me number three most of the fight scenes in this movie are really well done even though the turtles have like stiff movements and everything because they're giant rubber suits they actually managed to make it look good I mean it's really reminiscent of the 80s cartoon show and because of that, I just love it even more. Number two, Casey Jones. Easily the best single character in the movie. He actually kicks the most ass. And he's got badass weapons. Plus, he's got the best lines in the movie. Yeah, he's Number like a one, total psychopath at times, though. Like, this just makes it better. Number one, the turtles themselves. I mean... They did a fantastic job of translating the campy comics of the 80s and the ridiculously campy TV show to a live-action 
you know, believable if I ran into the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. This is what they would look and act like, and this is how they would move. And it was just a fun experience to see them brought to life. And not to mention Donatello, my favorite Ninja Turtle, having to be played by one of the Corys. And what better name is there than Cory? Leonardo is still best turtle. So, for the so bottom three. the bottom, Paul. What, what did you find bad about this movie? I know you have to search deep into the deep darkness of your soul to pull out something, but what, what can you shed light on? The bottom three are tough because it almost feels like I'm picking on the movie. Like, by point, like, if I take, well, this doesn't make sense. I'm like, well, yeah, it's Ninja Turtles. Like, it, it almost seems unfair. But if I had to go with three, number three, I've never, I've never been a fan of April O'Neil. Even in the cartoon, it always seemed like she was just kind of there and inserted into the plot for reasons. And I just never really felt like she fit in with the turtles and everybody, and Casey and everyone else. Number two, so there's a huge chunk of the movie where the turtles, April and Casey, are just kind of chilling out at April's farm and. Waiting for Raphael to heal up after he got his ass kicked by a bunch of foot foot soldier clan clan foot foot soldiers whatever they call them the foot, and not a whole lot happens during this time. It's just kind of boring. April narrates things we already know is know have happened or have just happened, and it's kind of kind of boring. It reminds me of like the time in The Lion King where. Simba's just sticking around with Timon and Pumbaa. It's like, wow, can we really get on with this movie already? Like, can something happen already? And it's not, and actually, like, they don't do anything until Splinter comes and visits them in, like, a fire or something like that. And, like, oh my god, it's it's the fucking Lion King. Except this if came out first. real hard, this fire will talk to us. <laughs> It'll turn blue and Splinter will appear in it. And number one. I fucking hate the final fight in this movie. It was cool when Shredder was fighting the Ninja Turtles, but then he goes to attack Splinter, and he just lunges at Adam. And mind you, Splinter is at the is at the edge of a building, and Shredder just kind of jumps at him. Splinter like moves slightly and has him dangling over the building. It's like, wow, who would have who would have thought if you were running toward the end of a building, you'd end up like going over the side. And I get that, like, because of the way the Splinter um, puppet was, they couldn't really do much with it, but it's just so stupid. And then at the end, like, fucking Casey Jones just, like, without, like, without yeah, a, a second thought, truck. just, like, yeah, Strider lands in the dump truck, and he just presses the button to crush him, like, holy shit, dude. Casey was hardcore. He just, like, waits around beating up teenagers to go around, around like, pickpocketing, and then he, like, kill Shredder without a second thought. He, like, picks up weapons and just, like, wails on people. He's, he's a fucking psycho. He's great. I feel like Casey Jones in a, in a different comic book universe would be a slasher. Probably. Like, like, he would totally be just, like, out in the middle of the night murdering people. I want to see Casey Jones fight Jason Voorhees. So, for me, number three. Raphael did not like the movie Critters. I mean, what the fuck is wrong with him? Like, it's even got The Undertaker in it. Space, space monsters, The Undertaker from WWF or WWE, depending on when you watched it growing up. Like, what's not to love about Critters? To be Rocky fair, Rocky Raphael doesn't really like anything. 
Number two, it doesn't make sense to me that Casey Jones, like, can't fight back against the bald martial arts henchman guy when he doesn't have a weapon. Like, he keeps talking to the guy, and the guy keeps hitting him, but Casey doesn't fight back until he finds a golf club on the ground. But then later, he knocks over a couple soldiers with a dump truck and then gets out and punches them both in the face. Like, like, okay, so if he can fight without a weapon, what the fuck was all that about that you couldn't fight the other guy until he got a golf club? Like, come on, Casey, you're more badass than this. And number one, of course, just like Paul, the final showdown between Splinter and Shredder is really anticlimactic, especially after Splinter has been spending the last five or six minutes fighting against the Turtles, and then Splinter shows up and just kind of like whips out a pair of nunchucks and dangles Shredder over the edge and then just kind of drops him. Like, even Splinter tries to give like a big kind of like speech thing about how he's going to die with no honor or something, and he stops like mid-sentence to drop Shredder and then finishes his sentence a couple seconds later. Like, I don't know, just everything about Shredder's defeat was just bad. Yeah, Shredder was way too badass. The most of this movie. Yeah, he was way too badass to go out like that. I mean, I know he comes back in the second one and also has a really stupid um ending, but like the guy can't catch a break. Deck on him. Yeah, after like drinking that ooze and his armor transformed. <laughs> You know what time it is, because we didn't talk about it. Well, I kind of did, because Casey has the best lines, but we got to give this movie a good old-fashioned quote war. Quote war. We'll quote this movie back and forth, and tell us who had the better quote. Uh, Paul, are you getting us started this time? All right. Or am I getting us started? Um, I think you're getting us started. started. Yeah. All right, I'll get us started off with a major pizza attack, dude. You put anchovies on this thing, and you're you're in big trouble. Do you like penicillin on your pizza? I've never even looked at another man. Why don't I ever dream of Harrison Ford? Our domain is in the shadows. Who died and made you referee? Ninja kicked the damn rabbit. And since that's an edition of Quote Wars, if you have a favorite quote from this movie or anything else you'd like to say about it, please leave it in the comments below. It's time for our final take, friends. Remember, our final take is a score on our shot scale. Our shot scale is a reverse scale. 1 to 10, 1 being the best, 10 being the worst. How many shots do you need to get through this film? I, of course, gave it a 1 out of 10. I gave it a 2 out of 10. So, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Pure nostalgia. Four turtles and Casey Jones fight for the forces of good against the Foot Clan. I remember this being one of, like, seven VHSs at my grandma's house. It's cheesy and all the action is pretty bad, but in the best way possible. I could just go on forever talking about my childhood and Ninja Turtles, but I'll just let you take the time to go and watch the movie for yourself. You'll thank me later. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles is an idea so outrageous it could have only come from the 80s and reached its popularity in the 90s. Originally a joke by creators Eastman and Lard, it's insane to think about how huge this franchise has become. I mean... You ask anybody who Leonardo, Raphael, Donatello, and Michelangelo are, and they'll think of the Turtles rather than their Renaissance-era ar artists. It's no surprise that the first live-action movie is just ridiculous. I mean, it's Ninja Turtles, for God's sakes. 
it kind of feels unfair to judge it by any normal standards, considering it's always been a joke. It's, overall, there's so much nostalgia I have for this movie, and I just appreciate the goofy bizarreness of the time period that I just can't help but love it. There you have it, a 1 out of 10 for me, and a 2 out of 10 from Paul. Of course, not everyone is going to love this movie, so we always have to give you some ways to drink away the snick, drink away the snick, so come on and grab your drinks, let's drink away the snick. Bum, 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 bum. We'll give drink games for this movie, but remember, friends, drink responsibly. Number one, every time ninjas show up, take a drink. Number two, every time Casey uses a different piece of sports equipment, take a drink. Number three, whenever a turtle gets knocked down, take a drink. Number four, anytime Splinter talks about the past, take a drink. And number five, of course, because it's maybe a reptile can help month, every time a reptile makes a noise, take a drink. And I'll use that to your discretion whether you consider the turtles talking as noises or speech. Because, you know, they make a lot of noises when they fight, too. The answer is yes to both of them. Alright, number one, every time one of the turtles mentions pizza, take a drink. Every time Raphael gets mad about something, take a drink. Every time Donatello makes a sarcastic comment, take a drink. And every time one of the turtles does a flip, take a drink. And those are your ways to drink away the snake. If you have any thoughts about this movie or anything else B-Movie related, you can leave us a comment on iTunes or SoundCloud. You can also email us at gmail.com, like us on Facebook at facebook.com, that's bmoviebrewers, follow us on Twitter at bmoviebrewers, and on personal Twitter at bmoviepaul. You can check out all our other content, including reviews, interviews, and chats from our website bmoviebrewers.com, where we review shows each week. If you want to help support the show, consider donating to our PayPal or Patreon accounts. Links are provided below. Well, we've come to the end of week four, the actual end of Maybe a Reptile Can Help Month. And we finally found a movie where reptiles actually help. It only took so, four of them. Four <laughs> four movies. But four let's rank those movies. movies. So for me, in the fourth spot was Python, with I think Casper Van Bean and Robert England and some giant snake that got dipped in acid. Number three, Dragon Fighter, where, you know, Dean Kane, Superman himself, fought a dragon with a shotgun and a helicopter and not his fist. Number two, eaten alive. Yep, the gator got to eat people alive. It was actually pretty entertaining in that 70s slasher slow burn kind of way. And number one, of course, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. I mean, nothing can defeat childhood. Yeah, number four was Python. Who would have thought a movie about a giant snake would have been so boring? Number three, Dragon Fighter. Not even Superman himself could save that movie from being really boring. Number two, Eaten Alive. It was not good, but I was able to appreciate some things about it. But number one was Ninja, per Ninja Turtles, because of course it was. Well... You know, everyone's in quarantine or isolation, and we've got this virus going on, so I, I guess we're going to have to, you know, cancel our original April schedule and, you know, do a good old-fashioned virus month. But we'll keep in touch with our, uh, with our isolation with our first movie and take a look at the 1964 classic Last Man on Earth, starring none other than the legend himself, Vincent Price.
Make sure to bring your hazmat suits and join us next time. So until next time, friends, be brave, be alive, and be back for more. Get on the next